My name is Bugsy and I'm an alcoholic. And that's the alias I came up with to log into secular meetings. Because three years ago when all this started, I decided that, well, I just long story short, I decided my me and my sponsor uh, were a little bit through and I'm a little bit nervous, but um, I, my sponsor is a very, I think, yeah, I, I was very lucky to meet the person I, I had as a sponsor because um, we worked the steps together. But before I, I talk about us working the steps together, I have to talk about how I got here in the first place. So it's just uh, me going back and further back. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to go even back more beyond that point of me entering recovery. So I'll just start talking about where it all started. So when I was six, <laughs> for some reason, when I was six, I had this nasty habit of shoving marbles up my nose and then being taken to the emergency room. So I've always had an addictive personality and I've always been a little bit weird for reasons that are not necessarily re related to recovery. But I, I grew up in a very hostile environment. And I grew up with two older brothers and an older sister. And as the years passed by, and I started growing up, you know, I, I, I continued my development. I, I, I learned that, yeah, that's definitely not me sharing in the chat. Don't press that link. <clears throat> um, I, I learned that, you know, my father came up from a military background. And my oldest brother um, had to handle it all out on his own for most of his life. I think up until he was 14 or 15, he was an only child. And then my sister arrived. So my oldest brother was also a fatherly figure to us, but he was also very traumatized. And the thing about growing up with a, a father figure from a military background is that they have a lot of unsolved trauma. Um, so it, it's like, it's not the unsolved trauma, but necessarily trauma that they didn't deal with. So that means having to grow up, besides having to grow up in a hostile environment, that also means having to grow up with a lot of abuse around me. And the years went by, um, the kind of games that I played with my older brother was pretty much being thrown down the stairs for fun. <laughs> And I laugh about it because it kind of sucks. Like if you tell someone they were that 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 someone tells you that they were thrown down the the stairs, you you only think of <laughs> very bad images. But 
that's actually how we we grew up playing you know and uh fast forward a couple of years uh i was in a car accident um with my mom on my way to school with my mom and my brother and my sister and this is this is gonna be an important part of the story later on where i talk about what my life is like right now um so nothing happened um that day everyone it was just a dumb accident driving down uh, um an underground passage and the car uh, uh in front of us decided to um brake uh decided to pull an emergency brake for I, virtually no reason like people were stopping in front of him but he he decided to uh break immediately without um without any turning on any lights or anything so we crashed into his bumper and then the person behind us crashed into us and, and you know thankfully nothing happened nothing necessarily nothing really happened to us um it was just a bit of a fender bender um so whatever we just got to school that day <clears throat> so when that happened we moved uh, to another neighborhood where it's a different neighborhood where i, I grew up where um i grew up and and the thing is that <clears throat> It means a lot to me because um, fast forward a few more years and, you know, the only thing that this damn neighborhood reminds me of is my the brother that was born before me. He passed away. Um, and and he, he was a big gym aficionado and he was my role model and, and he was my partner in crime. Because we did most of the stuff we did growing up, most of the stuff I learned about life, I learned it from him. And like, I got into trouble with anyone and he was there for me. He was taking care of me and he was teaching me how to act right and how to do things right and how to be kind to people and whatnot. And, and that's weird because I, <clears throat> um, I forgot to mention this, but I grew up with some skeletal muscle skeletal issues a disorder basically congenital disorder of in my bones in my legs and i was always sort of this um you know i needed extra i needed special care growing up from from when i was born i i had a surgery when i was two months old and then i had another one three years later and I was always, I always needed the special attention in order to, you know, be able to live, um, be able to grow and develop. And, and so I, that also developed into me being a little bit sort of um, <clears throat> egotistical, I guess, or, or, or like, you know, having these dark intentions or like this, this like perceived things differently and, and, and didn't see the good in things and sort of like I, I don't really know how to explain it but my brother he he always taught me sort of how, how to like where the light was and how to you know act through light instead of 
you know, being an asshole to everyone. <clears throat> and, you know, he passed and, and I still love him and I still cherish his soul. And, and I celebrated by, instead of acting through the darkness, which I know I, I always think about it from his perspective, you know, and I, I know it sounds dumb because we're in a secular man and, and this whole his will, you know, it sounds a little bit religious, but I, I think about it like in a form of spirit because I, I still think the spirit lives on and, and, and it lives through me. So um, why is that important, you may ask? Um, because when, when I was 14, around 12 or 14 is when this happened, um, my brother passed away. And you remember that older brother I was telling you about. Um, none of us knew why he passed away, but there was a lot of, we lived in an extremely hostile environment. There was a lot of abuse going off, you know, going on around us. And he was hidden, like he, he was drinking a lot of stuff, supplements, you know. I don't, we don't, we don't really know if he was in, into substance abuse or, or, or like he just got a food allergy and his heart stopped working. There's a lot of stuff that um, came into play, but we never really figured out why. But um, when I was 12, when I was 13, um, my only, you know, like my closest friend died. And people around me started dying. People, my grandfather died. Um, my uncle fucking took his own life, which never made sense to me. And kind of drastic things started happening around me. And, and I was only 13. And I'd already gone through a lot. Uh, I'd gone through these major invasive surgeries. Um, you know, Things started changing way too fast and way too strong for more than I could even handle. And, you know, when I was 14, I, you know, people were drinking and I wanted to learn how to drink. And I started drinking for a year or two. And then I watched this TV show on, on, on you know, on the internet. It was called Skins. And I saw teenagers doing drugs and stuff and, and going out partying and, and smoking the devil's uh, lettuce. And that I, I thought, damn, these people are having a blast. And, and they were going to parties and engaging in, in you know, relations. And I thought, like, <laughs> that was like my, I remember that was my only like my only console to my like that was my light at the end of the tunnel because all of this stuff I I had to learn when I joined the program I didn't know back then so I re I really had no intention to keep on living I had no desire at all at all when I saw these people having fun through the use of mind altering substances then I I thought maybe liquor is not the only fun thing there is out there. Maybe I have to try to engage in these other activities that seem so fun. And I started going out to these, I remember these Halloween parties 
and people were after drinking for a while they were going outside and they were smoking something that I, I was smoking cigarettes with them but they were smoking something else and i was curious about it and i you know i began i i was very curious i i, I had a very curious mind and i began asking around and eventually you know i started smoking I uh, started drinking a lot more. I started learning how to control my drinking, you know, which is so important um, in order not to get messed up and be able to, to do the stuff that was considered fun at the time. And then I started drinking too much and I started smoking too much and, and I started doing other substances too much, which were really bad for me and started messing with my brain. And... It only took four years before I tried to pretty much everything I could get my hands on. So by 18, I was a fucking veteran, you know? <laughs> and drinking is not at all like demonized here. So drinking like by the time you're 12 or 14, it's just like completely normal. It's like, if you haven't taken a drink, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Um, so by the time I was um, 18, fast forward thing all of this because it's just honestly fucking horrible years four horrible fucking years filled with darkness and solitude and depression and angst and when i was 14 i wanted to die when i was 15 and i started doing drugs i was in the prime of my life because i didn't want to die and, and i was so sedated by all these substances and and I forgot about the pain. But when I was 16, and I'd already gone to know it, 17, and it was already getting old, and 18, and fuck, you know, what else is there? So, you know, um, it was tough. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, the, what to say about it. It was, it was, I, I had a lot of fun when I was, you know, I, I did have some pretty cool experiences with some friends. I formed some relationships I hope to keep for the rest of my life. Um, some of which are not necessarily good for me, but whatever. Um, um, at 19, I, I started losing the reins of my life. I dropped out. I, I finished school by mere chance. <laughs> and... You know, um, I completely lost control and, uh, you know, people, people were trying to help. I remember um, one of the final experiences which led me into a recovery program or being institutionalized or whatever you want to call it is, um, I, I fucking hell, I fell out of a second floor um, on my back and hit my head. And then like a week later, I decided to go out and eat some mushrooms and smoke salvia. Oh, fuck. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, fucking hitting your head, falling from the second floor is not good. And then doing whatever stupid stuff and shoes. I'm pretty glad, pretty proud of myself because I went to my friend, my friend, you know, my friend. Uh, we, 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 we came back, she, she brought me back home and, and, and then they took me to the ER 
uh, to check my my vitals and stuff and I don't know I don't know how I survived that maybe because I was so high on, on so many drugs and so drunk that my body didn't create so many concussions or like you fall down from a second floor on your head you probably should be dead you know and I'm I'm still here and for some reason um I nothing happened I think and and like I, I do have some spinal injuries I did uh, need some trauma recovery because my I I did have a minor brain injury where like the left part of my brain wasn't working correctly maybe because of all the drugs I was doing or maybe because I hit yeah and, and we were trying to figure that out I was drinking this thing called somacine it's a um, nootropic um, brain enhancement enhancement. I don't know if it's a drug or a supplement, but thing basically helps you um, restructure some neural pathways in your brain. And that reminds me, by the way, when I was 14 and I started going to psychiatrists to get legal drugs, which was not a very good decision. Makes that with liquor, it's even a worse one. So um, I almost died a few times just by drinking too much and being a dumbass. And thinking I was sort of this special snowflake who, who could do drugs and be the be the you know the outlier of, of like everyone getting high like Ozzy Osbourne doing a bunch of drugs and then just ending up criminally insane you know whatever like I was gonna do all this stuff and nothing was gonna happen to me because I was high and mighty and these drugs they were helping my brain develop better or whatever the hell was going on through my mind at the time. Yeah, that usually happens when you mess with these concentration drugs. They make you, they end up making you believe this lie of like superiority over people. And especially when you grew up in a hostile environment and, and we're already a bit narcissistic. Uh, me, by all means, I, my, it's myself who I'm talking about. And yeah. Uh, I still kept doing drugs for another year, uh, even though I was keeping it green. I was being organic, and I was not drinking that often because it, it messed with my high. And when I did drink, though, I only drank the hard stuff, which was not great for my liver. So... um kept that going for another year met a girl fell in love was a horrible influence to her uh, she found someone else that was not a druggy loser and yeah yeah that was one of the things that made me see i needed to change but i didn't so I got institutionalized. Um, I went through a mental institution for a few weeks. I got uh, detoxed and then I got into rehab. Yay. Uh, let me take a sip of this coffee. And okay, so that happened. I was in rehab 
for six months um, in-house program and then a few months um, um, just making sure I attended my meetings and had proper counseling for a while. That was really good. I'm so unimaginably glad that happened. Uh, people forced me into that situation because everyone kept telling me I had a problem with drugs, but I didn't. Have, everyone else had a problem with me. How could I have a problem with drugs? Drugs are so magnificent. And they helped me restore my calm and my serenity and my times of solitude, which, which, which were definitely not egomaniacally driven <laughs> was because of my special and unique abilities that I needed to do all these drugs. And if that didn't work, um, recovery did. And my wonderful sponsor, who I met one year into the program, yo, he basically guy fucking took me in. I had a horrible sponsor before him. And this guy was trying to tell me about how I, before I was born, I, I, I talked to God and I chose to pick my abusive parents because I knew I was going to be able to handle it uh, from a soul spirit viewpoint. Fucking. Ugh. Yeah. So through this program, through my next sponsor, I learned how to forgive myself. I learned how to forgive others. Um, I learned how to let things go. I learned how to grow. We worked the steps together every other Saturday. I went to his house. I played with his dogs. And we sat down for about two or three hours just talking crap and writing down my steps. And honestly, a great person. I couldn't have asked for anything else at the time. And that came with some um, costs. That the price was that I needed to attend to meetings. I needed to help the newcomers. I needed to do service and make coffee. I needed to arrive before everyone else and open the meeting. I needed to close the meeting and pick up the chairs and make sure that I was doing my serenity prayer or whatever was kicking, you know, was cool, cool at the time. And, you know, I, I don't have too much to delve into that, but sponsorship, getting a proper sponsor, you know, the guy has, obviously he has his trauma and he has his personality and character flaws or whatever you want to call it, but, you know, I don't know if I ever believe in miracles and I fell out of the second floor and somehow survived. But this guy, you know, he was a fucking blessing to me. And um <clears throat> and yeah. And a little while later, um after working the program, um 12 steps way, the God serenity prayer way, being a book thumper and telling the newcomers how they needed to pray in the morning and every night. And and while still keeping an eye on, you know, cool stuff that caught my attention in the meetings. Um, 
Because I'm sick. I'm a sick person. You give me some drugs. And, and, I'm, and, and maybe if I'm not in recovery anymore, I'll, I'll be a shitty person. That's essentially who I am. And I need to come to terms with that. Um, of course, I'm not doing drugs anymore. But when, when all this, you know, three years ago, all this started, I was four years into my recovery. And I decided, like, I don't want to pray in the morning. I don't want to pray in the night. My home situation is still a mess. Um, my mom had this accident when I was six, driving a car, which developed into some sort of spinal deform, deformed spinal um, cord. So over the years, with all the pressure of her job and taking care of four kids with an absent father most of the time, um, having to cook for us, having to clean for us, having to take care of us. So over the years, 15 years later, 16 years later, um, she started developing uh, this spinal, spinal cord issues. And that hindered her mobility. Slowly over time, she needed to get surgery. We convinced her to get surgery. Um, so she, that developed into neurological damage. Um, just one little accident from 20 years ago, 16 years ago, with the buildup of stre stress and pressure. And um, yeah, she's slowly been losing her mind. Mental health is not very well. So me as a 20 something year old uh, with a few years in a program, you know, having this person who used to take care of me, but also antagonize me and, you know, difficult situations of where my siblings have moved abroad and, and, and the rest of my family sees me as these demon child who somehow was getting his life together. But I know what things were real and I knew what things were not and I knew that sitting down in the morning praying and at night was maybe good for my mental health at some point but was even better for me at that point was facing my reality and learning that I have a neurotic you know situation with my family and I have a sick mom that I may or may not take care of it's an option that's up to me but I need to face my situations and praying is not going to solve them. And praying was nice. It, it consoled me for a while, but and I still recommend that to newcomers. And, and, and having to become a man, and take care of the people around me. was not something my sponsor could do for me, sadly. So I came into this program. I came into Secular AA. I had a few issues with some people for a while. I got kicked out of a bunch of meetings a few times. It's all good, though. <laughs> so it's all, it's all in the past. But I don't know. Like I'm pretty grateful for it. I've gotten to meet great people here, Megan and, and, and you know, <laughs> Hannah and... 
Edgar, everyone, you know, like here that I know and, and Jam, you know, all these people and Jab, fucking Jeff and, and Mark and Matt. Um, you know, I've met a lot of great people here. I, I used to go to meetings at like 3 a.m. my time. And there were people there for me in the secular meetings. And they were not trying to tell me about how I need to sit down and pray and how I need to shut up and listen with like five years of recovery. <laughs> and I'm like, these old timers telling me what I need to do in their lives are still a mess. And it's the same because I was doing the same thing to newcomers. And I just accepted that my life is a fucking mess. Um, that I need to deal with situations where they are not going to improve. And I learned it. <laughs> and I learned the secular approach to the program, which is not believing in this mystical deity a uh, uh, lost parent figure that, that is going to eventually come back and save us and listen to us, even though, you know, this fucking schizophrenic perspective of, of spirituality. And I respect religion, I really do, but don't come with that shit to my face, please, because I don't really want to hear it. Um, and yeah. I, I learned it here through the secular way that it's really all about helping each other, but helping each other does not mean fucking each other over, uh, backstabbing each other, shit talking about each other behind your behind our backs. Um, it's not about uh, being deceitful and cunning. It's it's not about the best share. <laughs> it's not about talking about God. In the, in the coolest way, in the most hip and modern way. Oh, I'm sorry. And it's not about being jealous about someone because they were born, born in a different life. They, they had different means to achieve their, their goals and their ends. And um, it's, it's about being me and coming to terms with that. <clears throat> coming to terms with the fact that I was born with a physical disorder, disability. I was born into very fucked up family. <clears throat> um, that <clears throat> I was not given a lot of opportunities and the ones that I was given, I messed them up. And that I was very hard working and studied very hard because I was not taken into account. So. I don't know if you got to call this learning the hard way, but mm, no, 25, 27 years in, <clears throat> I have about seven years sober now. It's not perfect. Um, I still think drugs, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be cliche about it, but like, like if someone is doing drugs and they're enjoying them, I'm, I'm happy for them, you know? I just hope they don't have to reach the same um, bottoms that I did. So I'm pretty open about talking about my bottoms with certain people. Not everyone, because not everyone needs to know. Not everyone needs to know I'm in recovery either. And, but I'm very privy about myself and, and, and respectful of my own process and how I do things how I approach situations, and I need to look out for the best of me. 
and I need to be selfish with my recovery and with myself and with my mental health. But I'm, I'm still about giving because when all, uh, you know, all else granted, you know, the only thing that is always, you know, the only thing that there's like, even when I was like really messed up, hidden worst bottoms of my life, like <clears throat> the only thing that was always there for me was giving. Even when, you know, I virtually had nothing to give. And, you know, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I guess I talked about everything that I wanted to talk and uh, growing up is just like, I wanted to emphasize on that and how important going up has been to me, has been for me. But I think we have, uh, you know, I think I have gone on for long enough and I don't really have anything to share about it. I think I covered most of it well enough. So with that, I pass. And thank you for dedicating this half an hour to listen to my crap.